Um, as we start this new series tonight, um, really what we're going to begin to do is we're going to begin to lay out the culture of urban. We know that urban exists so that it can be an access point for people to discover Jesus Christ. And understand this, that doesn't just mean on Sunday nights. That means wherever you go as a believer, wherever you work as a believer, wherever you go eat as a believer, that you are an access point. And, but it's not just enough to have the vision. We need to begin to lay out the culture. Okay, there's the vision. How are we going to fulfill that? And so over the next four weeks, as we start this Crutches series, what we're really talking about is we're talking about the culture of urban. What does urban look like? Or what does the church look like? And what should I look like as a believer? As I was studying, I came across this. And it says this. It says, Adam was walking around the Garden of Eden feeling very lonely. So God asked him, what's wrong with you? Adam said he didn't have anyone to talk to. God said he was going to give him a companion, and it would be a woman. And all the guys said, all the single guys said, maybe not. God said, this person will cook for you. Praise Jesus. Wash your clothes. She will always agree with every decision you make. She will bear you children. And never ask you to get up in the middle of the night to take care of them. She will not nag you. And will always be the first to admit she was wrong when you've had a disagreement. She will never have a headache. And will freely give you love and compassion whenever needed. Adam asked God, what will a woman like that cost me? God said, an arm and a leg. Adam said, what can I get for a rib? <laughs> and the rest is history. <laughs> what does that have to do with tonight? Absolutely nothing. Turn in your Bible, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, we might find a way to tie it back in. I don't know. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3. going to read you three different passages of Scripture tonight. And if you came for a different reason than the Bible, you came to the wrong place. Because uh, we're going to read the Bible and we're going to read lots of it. Proverbs 3. Uh, five and six. As I was studying for this series, I realized that all of us go through hard times, uh, that we all face something difficult in our life, whether it's relationship, uh, whether it's the economy right now and how that's affecting you personally. It's not just affecting the big banks. It's actually affecting me as a homeowner or, or me as a grocery shopper. Uh, it's affecting me in some aspect. And, and this could be a hard time or, or maybe it's dealing with the loss of a loved one, whatever it might be, that we all go through hard times at some point in our life. We will go through something difficult. And so tonight, as we begin to talk, start this series, that we're not just laying out the, uh, the culture of urban, but we're also talking about things that we can grasp onto that will help us through hard times. But in studying for this series, I realized, you know what? I don't just want something I can lean on in a hard time. I want something I can lean on all the time. Are you with me tonight? And so that's what we're going to begin to talk about. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding, or let me put it this way, don't lean on your own crutch, okay? Trust in the Lord. Let, let God be what you're leaning on. Don't, don't lean on your own understanding or, or your own ways. Verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the New Testament, to the book of Acts, if you have a Bible tonight. Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to start in verse 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. 
And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread from home to home, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having found favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And we're going to come back to that in just one moment. Now, if you would, just flip a few pages to the left to the book of Luke. We're going to follow the bouncing Bible tonight and connect all the dots. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 verse 17 says this. On one of those days as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And in the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him lay him before Jesus. But finding no way in to bring him, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof. And Mark chapter 2 says they tore open the roof. And they let down the bed in which he was lying on through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to a man, Your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts, which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or say, Rise and walk? But that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up his bed that he was lying on and went home glorifying God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that God, you would just speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I'm still getting some echo. If you could just take me all the way out of the monitor, that would be amazing. As we start this uh, series, Crutches, tonight, um, I want us to understand something. I want us to understand that although we all go through hard times, God provides things for us to lean on. God gives us things that we can... The Bible says this, He will not give you more than what you can handle or more than what you can bear. He won't put you in a situation. He won't put you in a circumstance that is above and beyond what you can bear. Why is that? Because we understand that if Christ is with us, are you with me tonight, that if Jesus is with us, we can make it through every circumstance, every situation. Okay? Crutches. As we talk about, about crutches tonight, um, I was thinking, and as I was studying, I've had people say this to me before. I've had people say, hey, Ben, you know what? Your religion, Jesus, church, it's just a crutch. It's just a crutch. It's, just, it's all it is. It's just a crutch. And I used to get a little bit upset about that. Like, no, it's not. I mean, this is what I believe. This is what I know, man. I'll stand by the Bible. But over the last couple of weeks, as I've been thinking about this and studying on this series, I realized something. You know what? Jesus is my crutch. And I am completely content and I am completely happy in saying that. Jesus is my crutch. Why, why would I say that? The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, to trust in the Lord with all your heart. In other words, don't, don't lean on your own understanding. Lean on His understanding. 
Lean on the Bible. Lean on what He has to say about life. Lean on what, what He has to say about the, the things that you're facing and going through. So don't, don't lean on your own understanding. In other words, don't let what you know about life be your crutch, but let Jesus be your crutch. And I thought about that more and more, and I thought about how dumb it is to make that statement, though, that Jesus is he's just your crutch. That would be like, like looking at my, my, my daughter when she was learning how to walk, okay? And she's pulling herself up on the coffee table. Anybody seen a kid, you know, when they take their first steps or they're, they're learning how to walk? And they, they'll find whatever it is. And they'll pull themselves up. That would be like me looking at my daughter at the age of, what, when, I don't know, when did, they, when did she start walking? One? But she started pulling herself up like at eight months, nine months. That would be like me looking at my daughter like, don't do that. What are you doing? Stop being stupid. Stop pulling yourself up on that coffee table. What are you trying to do, walk? That's exactly the same thing because I've realized something. I can't make it through this life alone. I would rather, you know the old saying, it's better to work smarter than harder. I'm one of those people that likes that and I would rather work smarter than harder. So if you want to call Jesus my crutch, I'm completely fine with that. You're right, he is because I'd rather work smarter than harder. I would rather lean on him and his understanding. I would rather look at the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about life and and maybe look at some people that have lived some more life than me and learn from them rather than learning the hard way. But then there's always those people that like to learn the hard way. They like to learn the hard way. I don't know about you, but I don't like pain. Okay? What blows my mind is people that brag about their high pain tolerance. I have no problem being a wimp. I have no problem having a low pain tolerance. Pain is pain. And I think it's really funny when people are like standing there like, come on, hit me as hard as you can, hit me as hard as you can. And then you hit them and they're like, oh yeah. And it's like, you're an idiot. Who cares how much pain you can take? Are you with me? I, I have a low pain tolerance and I'm happy with it, Okay. My wife, she has a high pain tolerance, so we, she used to like brag about it, like, oh, yeah, I got a higher, yeah, you know what, that's why you're having the children and I'm not, okay? <laughs> Plus another reason, but, <laughs> I hate pain. I remember when I was in, uh, I think it was high school, it might have been college, but there was this one guy that he absolutely loved his high pain tolerance, and he would like, he would like hit himself, just watch this, watch this, and he'd just be like, wham, and hit himself, be like, yeah, I can take it, and I'm like, dude, you're an idiot. See, I don't like pain, so you know what? I'd rather, I'd rather lean on Jesus. Are you with me tonight? I would, rather, I would rather lean on His understanding in all my ways acknowledge Him. What, what is a crutch? A crutch is a staff or a support used in this definition by the physically injured or disabled as an aid in walking, usually designed to fit under the armpit and often used in pairs. Crutches. Crutches. I believe that Jesus wants to be your crutch. That you don't have to lean into other things. Because see, listen to me, I don't know about you, but I've never been, I'm 35 now, I've never been 36. So I don't, I don't really know how to be 36, but Jesus does. <laughs> I've, never, I've never started a church, I've helped start churches before, but I've never started a church before. This would be our first one we've actually started. Helped start two other churches, and I learned a lot. But you know what, I've never been this, I've never been this place before. I was telling somebody the other day, it was the weirdest feeling in the world when, I, when our first service, and I stood up there, and I'm like, we started church, and I'm looking out at all these people, and I have no clue who they are. And I'm like, this is my church. <laughs> nice to meet you, you know? No clue who they are. 
And it was the weirdest feeling in the world. You know what? I've never been here before, but you know what? I would rather go to somebody that has been there before. I would rather not learn the hard way. I would rather learn the smart way. Is somebody with me tonight? Acts chapter 2 begins to paint a picture of, of the New Testament church. And I love what it says, and I just want to highlight it real quick again. I love what it says because it really begins to paint the picture of what a, a church should look like. And it says this, and it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the Word. The Bible goes on to say they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. And then later on, going from house to house, what is that? I believe that's community. I believe that's having support system. I believe that's having people you can, you can, you can rely on. And it goes on to say that, that they gave themselves to prayers. Well, how many of you think it's a good thing to talk to Jesus? Okay, a few of you. And it goes on to say that then they, they, they began to give to one another and share with one another. They had all things in, in common. There was, there was this attitude of giving. If you look at the last, the last part of that, verse 47, they were praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I believe this. I believe people were being saved because they grasped the culture of the, of the New Testament church. And I believe people were being added because they grasped an understanding of what I'm supposed to look like as a Christ follower. And I believe they were being added and they were, they were being saved simply because they got the culture down. They learned how to pray. They learned how to get into the Word. They learned how to have community. And they learned how to give. And we're going to look at those four aspects over the next several weeks. This is not just a good idea. This is the, this is the church. And this is what the church should look like. Um, how many of you guys have ever uh, been to a place before that, you know, it, it says church on the outside, but when you get in, there's something missing? Amen. How many know you can come to a nightclub, come on now, and you can still find church? Because I've realized something, that church is not about the music. Church is not about, about, about the, the, the way we look. Church is not about even the, the functions we're do doing. Church is about the message we're preaching. And as long as we keep Jesus at the center of what we teach and at the center of what we preach, then, then church can be here, church can be over there, church can be in Balboa Park, Amen. which we might do someday. Church can be anywhere. Why? Because it's about the message that we're preaching. And tonight I want to talk to you very quickly about the crutch of community. I want to talk to you very quickly about, about what it means to have community, what it means to have, have fellowship. Very quickly in Luke chapter 5, we begin to see this principle played out. But Luke chapter 5, verse 17 says, On one of those days, as Jesus was teaching, in, in Mark chapter 2, it says that Jesus, they heard that Jesus was in the house preaching, or Jesus was in the house teaching. And then right after they said, the place was packed. There were lots of people there. And I believe this to be true. I believe, once again, if we keep Jesus at the forefront, if we keep Jesus as the, as the center message of what we do, God's going to bring the people. God's, it doesn't matter if it's a house, it doesn't matter if it's a nightclub, it doesn't matter if it's a church building. As long as we preach Jesus, as long as we preach the right message, God's going to bring the people and people are going to come. The Bible says that there were religious teachers from every sect, every segment there. Why were they there? It was their job back in those days to come and check out what was being taught. And they were to investigate it and if it was good, they could let it be. If it wasn't good, they had to go and they had to put a stop to it. And so there were religious people of every sect there. Now listen to this, because I want you to catch this as we jump right in tonight. Religious people are there. The Bible says that they're bringing them those that are sick, in this case a paralyzed man. And there were also theirs that were, those that were there that were just spectators. They were there just checking it out. In other words, you had every type of person at this meeting. You had those that were seeking, what, what's this thing about? You had those that were there because, man, I have a need. And then you had the religious people there. Let's check this thing out and make sure it's okay. 
Not only was every per, uh, people type represented, but the Bible says from every area, from Galilee, from Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the surrounding areas. In other words, everyone was there. And God, through Jesus, uses this moment as, as a teaching tool. Okay? You've got to understand something. The Bible isn't just historical in nature. It's, it's actually relevant for today. I mean, you think about it. There's, there's verses that say, man, if, if all the books were, you know, if everything that Jesus did was to be written, the world wouldn't be able to contain the books. So in other words, you've got to understand that the things that we are reading are very, very important. And here, Jesus begins to teach us something. If you're a note taker tonight, community simply means this. It means a social, religious, occupational, or other group sharing common characteristics or interests and perceived or perceiving itself as distinct in some respect from the larger society within which it ex exists. Okay? That right there is the definition. So here we are. What, what is the culture of who we are? Luke chapter 5. Why be a part of church? Why be a part of the community? Or, in, in other words, how can community help you? How can community be a crutch? Number one, if you're a note taker, very simply. Number one, community will carry you. Okay, now when I talk about community, remember I just read the definition, we're not talking about like, just like little Italy. Okay, we're not talking about East Village community. We're, not talk we're talking about people, okay? How is it that community can be a crutch? Very simply, community will carry you. Look at this. The Bible says that the man was paralyzed. Paralyzed, in case you need a definition, I don't know why I always give definitions. I like definitions, okay? Paralyzed means to be brought to a place of stoppage or inability to act for themselves. Okay, in this case, the man was physically paralyzed, could not move, could not, could not move himself. He was paralyzed. I don't know if it was from the waist down, the neck down, but the guy was paralyzed, okay? Now, you might not encounter people that are naturally paralyzed, but how many know there are people that because of, uh, of, of a bad relationship, that because of a hard economy, or that because of the loss of a loved one, they become paralyzed in their dream, or they become paralyzed in, in the very thing that Christ Jesus had laid hold of them for, and now they can't, they can't get to that place that God wants them to get to. In, in essence, they're paralyzed. Are you with me tonight? They've been brought to a place of stoppage. Something has happened in their life, and they have been brought to a place of stoppage. And this last week, I had an opportunity to meet with a young man, and he said it was okay that I share this, but I met with this young man, and, and something traumatic had happened in his life. Something so severe had happened in his life that he was actually, if I could paint the picture, he was, he was almost brought to this place of stoppage or inability to act. He was unable to get past this event in his life. It was so traumatic to him, and, and, and it is a very traumatic thing, and he was unable to get past this event. And he kept going back to this one event. He kept getting back to this one event. And he said these words, but he goes, you know, I've been coming to church. And, and the way the gospel is presented and the way you guys talk and the way you guys do worship, you know, it's, it just makes sense. And, and the more I'm around it, the, 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 I want to get moving forward again. And I want to put this thing behind me. And, and I want to let go. And I want to forgive myself. And I want to forgive that individual. And, and I want to move on. People get brought to those places every day. I can't get to my dream. I, I can't be effective in society. I, I can't do this. I can't do that. But I want you to know something. As the church, it's not just our job to get people saved and, and fill chairs. It's our job to get people past that place of being stopped. Are you with me tonight? 
It's, it's up to us. It's, 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 a, it's a God-given mandate that, man, we would help people lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of them. This man could not walk. This man was unable to get somewhere. But if you read the Bible, and in Mark chapter 2, same story told from Mark's perspective, the Bible says that there were four guys that grabbed him and carried him to Jesus. What will community do for you? I don't know about you, but I've been in, in seasons of my life before uh, where, where I've been to that place where I just didn't want to move on. I didn't want to move forward. But because I had surrounded myself with people that loved me, people that cared about me, people that had a like mind and a like vision, because I had surrounded myself with those people, now maybe I wasn't able to get there, but now they begin to carry me there. There was actually a season in my life not too far before we came here and planted this church where I literally came to the place where I don't want to be a pastor anymore. I don't want to do it. And it was a tough season, and, and you know, I, just, I, I, I would talk with my wife. I was just like, baby, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to be a pastor. I want to go do something else. I, want to, I don't care what it is at this point. I just want to do something else. <laughs> and it wasn't that, you know, it wasn't like a money issue. It wasn't any of that. It was just like, you know what, this, this is hard, and I, don't, I just don't want to do it anymore. And in that moment, you know, my wife could have been like, you're right, let's just quit. But she didn't. Why? Because I surrounded myself with a great wife. And she said, you know what, babe, we can't. And I was like, why can't I? I can quit. <laughs> and, uh, and she just began to encourage me. And, and literally, in essence, what she did and others, other good friends of mine, they surrounded themselves. And, and in essence, they picked me up and they said, no, you're going to do this thing. You can do this thing. You're called to do this thing. And in essence, they began to pick me up and carry me. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says this, that uh, it says that uh, when one falls, man, if you, if you have another person there with you, if you fall, it's okay because the other one is there to help pick you up, help carry you, help you, help you get through that thing. I, here's the thing is I don't need, I don't, when you mess, how many of you guys know when you mess up? Am I the only one? Okay. <laughs> The reality is, is you know when you messed up. I mean, it's like, okay, in the natural, if you trip and fall, and you fall, you obviously you know you tripped and you fell. How many of you hate it, though, when there's like three people standing on the sidewalk? <laughs> it's the worst feeling in the world. You just kind of get up and you just keep walking. You don't look at them, you know, because you just, you know. Or the worst is when someone, like, 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 they have to be an announcer for your whole entire life or like the broadcaster for your whole entire life. You like trip and fall and they're like, oh, dude, you fell. Thanks. You know. So not only is it, you know, you fail and they saw you fall, now they broadcast it to the whole world, you know? How many of you guys, you've had those people in your life when you've just blown it? And they just come up and they're like, oh man, you blew it. Gosh, you totally screwed up this time. It's like, everybody knows when they failed. Everybody knows when they've screwed up. It's easy to walk in and, and be like, you know, like look at a place and be like, well, they need to clean that and they need to do this and they need to fix that. You know what's hard sometimes is to look past those failures and past those issues and look at the, look at the God-given gift that's inside of people and speak to that rather than the mistake. Yeah. You with me tonight? Yeah. I don't need to surround, my people with, and surround myself with people that are going to be like, dude, you failed, <laughs> you know, and kick me when I'm down. No, I want people that are going to be like, dude, let me help you up. And they can laugh later privately, you know, in their room. Just don't laugh in front of me, okay? It hurts my feelings. They'll carry you. Why, why surround yourself with community? Why, how can community be a crutch? Very simply, they can carry you when you're unable to get there. Number two, they will point you in the right direction. 
They will point you in the right direction. If you're anything like me, you have, you have a lot of ideas and a lot of plans, but they're not always right. I guess you're nothing like me. Okay. I have a lot of ideas and a lot of plans, and thank God for an amazing wife and, a, and an amazing team that's here at Urban, because sometimes I'll just be throwing an idea, and they won't, they won't look at me like, dude, that is the stupidest idea ever. But they'll come along later and pull me aside and be like, dude, that was the stupidest idea ever. They don't do it publicly. They do it privately. I love those people. Really, I do. I'm yay. <laughs> Wherever you are, awesome. I don't see you. Um, they point you in the right When you surround yourself with community, not only will they pick you up and get you to the right place, you know what they'll do? They'll, they'll, they'll put you, point you in the right direction. Not only do these four guys pick him up, but look at what the Bible says. Verse 18, And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking... That's an intense word. They were seeking to bring him and lay him before Jesus. They were pointing this guy in the right direction. Look, if, if, if the community has all the answers, then why do we need Jesus? We don't. But I, let me tell you something. The community doesn't have all the right answers, so therefore we do need Jesus. A community is not the answer, but a community of people, of like-minded people that can surround you and carry you when you're down, but not only that, point you in the right direction. And how do we know they point in the right direction? Because they pointed him to Jesus. They weren't seeking to get him to a doctor. They weren't seeking to get him to like, you know, hey, let's take you over to my house and let's play some video games, dude. They weren't taking him to a bar, a nightclub. Only Urban does that. <laughs> Just kidding. They were taking him to Jesus. Why? Because they were pointing him in the right direction. They were pointing, I don't know about you, but I don't always see things clearly. And I need people surrounding me that point me in the right direction. Community will point you in the right, the right direction. Matthew 15, 14 says, how can the blind lead the blind? If both people are blind, they're going to end up falling into the same pit. And there are seasons in my life where I, don't, I, I, I get a vision or something, but I don't see the whole picture and I don't see it clearly, but I like to run a, a hundred miles an hour and my wife will be pulling on me and she'll say, hold on a second, let's look at this together. Slow down. Okay? And I thank God for people like that in my life so that we don't end up falling into a pit, but they help bring me to the right place. But the problem is this, is that we get blinded easily sometimes. We get blinded easily. There's things like business decisions, relational decisions. Okay? Did you guys, for all the married people or all the people in love and all those that are hoping to get in love someday, Okay? There's that moment when you are absolutely blinded by that woman. Or you're blinded by that man. What I mean by that is that, man, they're perfect. They're amazing. There's nothing wrong with them. And then you get married. And you realize that there's everything wrong with you. No, I'm just kidding. There's that, there's that, okay? Why is, it, why is it important to involve people or a community in some of the most important decisions you'll ever make? Because sometimes we get blinded by the excitement. Sometimes we get blinded by the possibility. Sometimes we get blinded by the fact that, wow, if this thing works out, this whether it's a business decision, whether it's a relationship decision, whether it's whatever. It's great to have community. Why? Because they'll help point you in the right direction. Number three, they will not give up. They will not. In times when you feel like giving up, they won't give up. But not only look that, but when it looks like the situation's impossible, they still won't give up. Look at what these guys do. They, 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 they are carrying him. Community will carry you. They're trying to get him to Jesus. They're going to point him in the right direction. 
But they get there, and the Bible says that the place is so packed that there's no way in. None. Can't get there. That would have been a great opportunity for them to be like, dude, we tried our hardest, but we're out. And they could have done that. But they didn't do that. The community of people that he had surrounded himself with got creative. So creative, they found a way up on the roof. The roof was closed. Mark 2 says they ripped open the roof. And it's not like they had like a little crane. These people got creative. They somehow put something together and lowered the man down. These are people that would not give up in the face of opposition. And you need to surround yourself with that kind of a community when you feel like giving up. Or maybe you don't feel like giving up, but maybe you surrounded yourself with people and like, oh, dude, we tried our hardest. It didn't work out. You need to get some more people on your side. They're like, no, 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 no. Once you don't succeed, come on, choo-choo train. Try, try again. And you need to surround yourself with those type of people that are going to be like, look, that first job, you know, that didn't go through. That's right. Let's apply to another job. You got laid off. That's okay. We're a community here. Let's help you get another job. And we'll keep pushing forward and we will not allow you to give up. I mean, that would be as, as silly as, as going out to battle, like with guns and stuff. And the buddy you brought with you is like, man, there's a lot of them. I'm out. See you later. But here's my gun, you know. I don't, want, I don't want those kind of people fighting on my side. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. I want the kind of people that are like, look, if you go, I'm going down with you. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to go down together. We might look really stupid ripping a roof off. We might get in trouble. Something might fall on Jesus' head and knock him out. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't know, but we're going to try this thing. Are you with me? Yeah. And they ripped that thing open, and man, they found a creative way to lower that guy down, and they did not give up. Why put community around yourself? Why be a part of a local church, whether it's this church or another church that you attend? Why? Because they will carry you, because they will point you in the right direction, and they will not give up. Number four, they will not be prejudiced. A community that, 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 that loves you will not be prejudiced. Think about this man. This man had been on that bed for a long, long time. This guy probably had bed sores. This guy probably smelled a little bit. This guy probably didn't look pretty. He didn't look like, you know what, that you're, not, you're, not the, you're, not, you're, not, you're not the type of person I hang out with. Yeah, we, you know, no. But it didn't matter to them. Why? Because they cared about the person. They were carrying him without prejudice. What, what, how, can I make that, how can I make that practical? Make it practical this way. You know, a lot of us are there to help people out when maybe things don't go right. Man, someone, someone passed away in the family. You lost your job. Man, we're here for you. We'll support you. You need a couple bucks. Let's get together and pray. But what happens if the person is caught in sin? What happens if you find out that person, man, they, you know what they've been doing? What happens in that moment? These people carried him without prejudice. A community, these are the type of people I'm talking about. This is the culture of urban. It doesn't matter if you lost a job. It doesn't matter if, you, if, if this over here happened. Or it doesn't matter if you found, got found out there, there was some great sin in your life. We are here to carry you. We are here to help you. We are here to pastor you through that moment. And we're here to help you get back on the right track. Are you with me tonight? I'm telling you there are too many people that, 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 are, that are great friends in moments like the first one I talked about. But what happens if you have a moral failure? 
Are you all of a sudden like the Antichrist? Dude, stay away from that person. They blew it bad. Should probably get him out of the church somehow. Or are you going to surround him at that moment? That, that's when you really know you've surrounded yourself with some good people. If they'll be there for you in those moments. Are you with me tonight? We've got to carry people without prejudice. And lastly, tonight, they will show compassion. They'll show compassion. They'll, they'll carry you. They'll point you in the right direction. They won't give up. They won't be prejudiced. And they'll show compassion. How, how do these people show compassion? Very simply, and I, I see it this way. They show compassion because they lowered the man down. Now, I've got a question for you tonight. The man's paralyzed. They could have just as easily ripped open that roof and just been like, one, two, three. He's already paralyzed. What can possibly happen to him? He can't feel a thing. Are you with me? Have you thought about it? Have you read the Bible and seen it that way before? No. Only the mind of a demented pastor would see it that way. I honestly, I've thought about this for quite some time, and I thought, you know what? I mean, they could have easily just dropped him because, I mean, hey, he's paralyzed. But they took time, they took care, and they, they somehow came up with a crane system, and they lowered the paralyzed guy down in front of Jesus. That, to me, shows compassion. That, to me, shows that people care. That, to me, shows that, you know what, it doesn't matter what you're going through, it doesn't matter what your situation, it doesn't matter what your problem, we're going to love you through it. Not only are we going to love you through it, we're going to have compassion. Compassion takes it to a whole other level. Compassion means I'm going to feel what you're feeling. I'm putting myself in your place. And if I was paralyzed like you, I wouldn't want to be tossed down. Compassion takes it to such a level that in 11 times that the Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion, he does a miracle. All 11 times, compassion's mentioned in Jesus, he does a miracle in those 11 times. Which tells me this. I believe that as we move with compassion and we surround people with love and we surround people with compassion, that God will intervene in their situation. God will intervene in their life. Listen to me. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus saw the paralyzed man's faith. The Bible says that he saw the community's faith. The Bible says that he looked at the four men and he said, because of your faith, this man is going to be healed. In other words, because of the community that you've surrounded yourself with, when you don't have enough faith to make it through that situation, their faith will carry you. When you don't have enough in you to make it through that time, guess what? God will look and say, no, no, because of their faith. They've been praying for you. They've surrounded you. You know what? You're healed tonight. You're restored tonight. Now, it's not just what Urban is about. That's what the New Testament church is about. And I believe that as we begin to talk about the culture of urban and you begin to talk about the culture of what it means to be a Christian and you begin to walk this thing out, not only is your life going to be changed, because see, it's not just about needing a crutch at times, it's about being a crutch at times. It's not just about being in the man's situation while he surrounded himself with four good people. It's about being one of the four good people and saying, you know, I'll carry you there. I'll get you to the right place. I'll do it with compassion. I mean, I know it's been a rough season, but we're going to get through it. And so here's the, here's the reality of, of, of crutches. You're either needing a crutch or you're being a crutch. I'm either in need of a shoulder tonight or I'm going to be that shoulder tonight. And that is what's so valuable about community.
is that at times I'm in the middle. Guys, I need you. Other times you're in the middle and, and I'm, I'm there for you. And that is, that is the culture of urban. That is what we want to build in, in, in downtown San Diego. And I believe not only that, I believe that is the, the, the blueprint of the New Testament church. Because right now in, in, in America, ladies and gentlemen, I don't, you can't really turn to too many other things right now. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't turn to the new president. You can't turn to the economic stimulus bailout, whatever it is. You, you, you can't turn. I mean, you can't even turn to your vote right now because, I mean, your vote will probably get brought before the Supreme Court and then they'll have to make a decision on your vote. So where are you going to go? Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Where are you going to go? If we become the New Testament, if we live like a church, church, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, they had all things in common. You know, I, I, I got some extra money right now. You need some money? Here you go. Hey, you know what? You, you know, you, 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 yeah, I'm here for you. And we become, what if we, what if we became a resource, not just for one another, what if we became a resource for the city? What if rather than people going and looking to the government, we were actually the church, and people came and looked to the church? Do you know why, and this is just a history, I got to stop, this is just a history lesson, do you know why churches, in history became the place of politics because churches in history were the richest institutions in the world and so because of that kings and dignitaries would appeal to the church because if they knew if they could get into the church they would have the resources to push their agenda what if we became that church what if we not, I don't mean urban <laughs> I mean the church at large what if the church of Jesus Christ started living like the church of Jesus Christ and said, man, I know, I know that you're hurting right now and you're in financial need, but you know what? God's given me a little extra this month. And so you know what? Here you go. I, I can help you out this month. I got, I got extra in the bank. And what's the extra for? So I can take a nice vacation? Or is the extra for, you know what? Not, trust me, I love vacations and I want vacations. But what good would it be if I, as a pastor if I go take a nice vacation but someone in my church can't even pay for groceries? Are you with me tonight? What if we became that community? What if we became a community that was open and, and shared our hearts? You know what? I actually am that person. I, I need. My electricity is about ready to get shut off. My water is about ready to get turned off. You know, I, I, I haven't been able to buy growth. What if we became that? And not, not just so we're, we're, we're picking away at the church finances, but we become the church finances. And we say, you know, I got your back. Because next month, I might need groceries. What if we became that community? What if, what, if, what if we in need knew where to go to? Lord, we thank you for tonight. God, we thank you that your word is living and active. God, we thank you, Lord God, that your word is, is amazing. God, we thank you that your word, Lord God, is not just history lessons and it's, it's not just things we can discuss on a Sunday night, but God, we thank you that your word is very practical. God, we thank you that your word is very relevant. God, we thank you that your word, Lord God, still holds true today. God, I pray over the next month, God, as we discuss what, what our culture looks like and we begin to talk about these things that, that, God, they would not just be things to think about or talk about, but they would be things to apply to our lives.